Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Garden Report, powered by Blue Apron. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Jimothy Toscano, as we say <laughs> in the old country. We do. The Celtics beat the Sacramento Kings 97-92. and We are brought to you by Blue Apron. Use the code GARDENREPORT. Actually, yes. just go to blueapron.com slash GARDENREPORT, and you'll get three free meals and free shipping to get started on Blue Apron today. Please go do it because their food's really good. You cook it yourself, and it helps us with the show here, make the show shine. Especially, so. especially at the holidays when you don't have time. Time to cook. That you know, time true. to go shopping for that food. That is true. Just get it delivered to your door. Fire it up. Half hour tops to make all this stuff, and it's definitely worth it. And speaking of firing it up, segue time. Let's talk about DeMarcus <laughs> Cousins. Who, Let's do it. Let's do it. On the very final play of the game, or what should have been the final play of the game, they're down by three. They run an inbounds play where Cousins catches the ball. Cousins sees that Al Horford is guarding him tightly, does a rip-through move to try to draw a foul. Horford actually strips him perfectly, amazingly. It didn't commit a foul based on, like, the four replays that I saw. And Cousins was furious, and the game was over at that point. Cousins was furious? He, well, he he's was never, like, ah, He's never furious. Yeah. He was just crying the entire time. <laughs> right. uh, and so I was sitting next to Jason Jones, the main beat writer at the Sacramento Bee, and we were watching the replay going, like, what is the play call there? Because there's no way Dave Yeager is calling – one-on-one post-up from 30 feet out for DeMarcus Cousins on the final possession of Al Horford. And uh, Jason said he went and asked Jaeger and some of the players, what was that play call? It was supposed to be some sort of play where there are multiple action options. I thought it looked like Barnes was going to curl around for a three. But either way, DeMarcus Cousins decided, I'm going to go for this rip move, try to draw a foul, which is a really, really risky move, especially because it's probably, you're probably not ball. even going to get a shot. Ball there. Yeah, you're probably not going to get the right. three-point shot foul call there. Uh, Cousins admitted he made a mistake. But it was an interesting preview into what could be if the Celtics were to try to trade him there. Um, I mean, watching the end of this game made you think, if you had to choose between Al Horford and DeMarcus Cousins, just for this season right now, there are some ways in which Al Horford might be the more desirable option. I would agree. I would definitely agree. So for all this. So so, What was that? Just overall. I think Al Horford's the desirable option. Exactly. Because I think, well, Al Horford is like the – he's – the part that makes the machine work. You know what I mean? He makes everything sort of connect with the Celtics. He's the everyman. He does a little bit of everything, or a lot of everything, I should say, especially tonight, because he was so uh, so much more aggressive offensively than he was on Wednesday when he only took five shots. And the thing I love about Al Horford is that he doesn't force shots. He doesn't make many lucky shots because he doesn't chuck shots. He'll take what's given to him, and he'll make the smart play. And I think that's the difference sometimes between him and DeMarcus. And that's what we saw in the end of the fourth quarter there. The play right before that, when the Kings called the timeout, DeMarcus was demanding the ball from Barnes, and Barnes called the timeout. Cousins was pissed, 
and I know he was complaining about it all the way back to the huddle, and I, I saw him talking about I don't know what he was saying to Barnes on the bench, but I assume it was, why didn't you give me the ball there? So, because right, it was the wrong decision to give him right. the ball in that situation. And, you know, and they called, and you know, they said they, they stopped play, they called the timeout, and they drew up a play. Well, I don't know what they called, but it ended up back in Cousins' hands, and he was determined not to let it leave that time. It, not it, an Al Horford guy. That's not an Al Horford move right there. Okay, but let's also give him credit. He was an absolute yeah. monster oh, yeah. in the fourth quarter. Single-handed. I mean, he put a media, really a lousy team on his back. I mean, Barnes was fantastic tonight. We'll talk about that more in the second video. But they don't have really anyone else no. to go to. Rudy Gay gets some buckets sometimes, and he has a few plays every single game, including tonight, where you're mm -hmm. like, how the hell did he score that ball? But then he disappears. No, I agree. It's always been DeMarcus Cousins' team, I mean, essentially since he joined the team. Um, and you wonder if that's a gift and a curse. You know, it would be good. It would be interesting to see what he could do with some guys that maybe could tame him down a little bit and get him more focused on, you know, not getting so emotional and not getting so upset. And if you could get him, to, if you could reel him in a little bit, get some guys around him that can sort of balance him out, the Kings might actually have something. But they, their roster's not constructed that way. I mean, when you've got a guy like Matt Barnes, he, he's just as emotionally charged as Cousins is. So I don't know how those two really help each other out there on the court. Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, I mean he, needs, he needs more help. And if he doesn't get it, the trade rumors are going to continue to swirl. Well, then let's go to part two and talk about those trade rumors. We'll be right back on the Garden Report powered by Blue Apron. Don't forget to go to blueapron.com slash garden report for three free meals. We'll be right back. Welcome to part two of the Garden Report powered by Blue Apron. Go to blueapron.com slash garden report for three free meals and free shipping. Let's talk Do about it. someone that can use some free shipping over to Boston. That's the Marcus. Oh, Pugh. so I am, wow. I, the topic has come up nonstop. I'm sure your Twitter feed has been oh, filled yeah. within the last 48 hours. I have always been someone that is not in favor of trading for Demarcus Cousins. Okay. We had earlier on the show before the game, we had um, the play-by-play -play guy Grant, and he said that really he thinks that Cousins can make it work when he's surrounded by the right people. And he's someone that's been extremely critical of DeMarcus Cousins in the past. So if even he thinks that DeMarcus Cousins can make it work around the right people, then I guess I have to be a little bit more optimistic about it. But I have, I've watched Cousins play probably 50 games, and every single time I watch him, he gets inches closer and closer to being someone that you can build a title team around. But you're basically, it's like voting for Donald Trump. It's like, you, you hope <laughs> oh, maybe, political, yeah. maybe he's acting crazy, <laughs> and when he's actually in position to succeed, he's going to. He says he's going to stop using his Twitter, and then he starts uh. tweeting the most ridiculous stuff. <laughs> he tweets, <laughs> yeah. tries, tries to negotiate trade deals over Twitter. And right now, DeMarcus Cousins That's is still... That's how Danny Ainge should do it, I know, over Twitter. but right now, DeMarcus Cousins is still trying to renegotiate NAFTA on Twitter, and it's not. It's just not working right now. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of throwing a lot of things at me. Uh, Just stay gonna, with political uh, metaphors. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna reel it back into basketball. I do believe, like um, Grant said, that you are kind of a product of your environment. Now, when you're surrounded by losers, and I don't mean that in a harsh way, but essentially, when you're just losing constantly, that's gonna rub off on you. You're gonna have a negative attitude. You're gonna bring that. That's gonna bring you down. You're gonna bring others down around you. Come, to, come to a place with a winning sort of atmosphere like Boston or wherever it might be, San Antonio for example, and you will start to see some changes, but I do wonder if it's, it's not automatic. You know, some, some, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. DeMarcus Cousins has been around long enough now where that's kind of, that's kind of the label that he's has. And you got to wonder if it's worth blowing up everything that you've put together for one guy. And then if it doesn't work out or, you know, it, it doesn't work out well enough, 
then you you got to start from scratch again. So that that's that's the big risk there. I think the Celtics currently constructed are meant for a guy like Al Horford more than they are for DeMarcus Cousins. It's definitely true. Coincidentally, Jay Crowder did call DeMarcus a dog. That was interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was interesting that the Crowder um, the Crowder Cousins sort of respect, mutual respect is yeah. what, exactly what he called it. I mean, that's that's what it is. Where it, it's it's good to hear that because you you kind of do wonder what you obviously know what fans think of DeMarcus Cousins, but you kind of wonder what other players think of him. And that, that's kind of like a peek into uh, how they feel about how he plays and how he carries himself on the court. Well, tonight his teammates were not happy about them, no. according <laughs> to sources. They were not happy about his final play. Uh, the, you know, the fact is DeMarcus is a guy that you can fit into pretty much any team from an offensive perspective. Right. Defense, right. I mean, if you drive right at him, he can crush you. Mm-hmm. Which is a virtue. Not, not. I mean, he's he doesn't foul as much when people are driving right at him. Mm-hmm. But you compare the way that Al Horford was defending all over the court tonight to what Demarcus was doing, and you're wondering. And, and same thing with Jay Crowder. If you put in a lineup where, De, where Demarcus is say defending the four or whatever it is, he's or mm-hmm. Horford has to defend stretch fours. You're putting Demarcus on the pick and rolls. You see how well Horford defends the pick and rolls. I talked to him about it after the game about how he keeps his hands spread. He's always just like this, just trying to hug his hug the yeah. space around him. Right. And it closes those gaps so effectively. Teams can't pass through the middle on pick and rolls, and they have to work around the sides, basically. But with DeMarcus, we saw the Celtics. They can get DeMarcus running the wrong way on a pick and roll. We saw yeah. Marcus Smart find Amir Johnson a few times, which has become a really good pick and roll pairing. He's someone that this team right now, you know, they haven't been defending up to their standard. But right. we know that when they're defending, that's the strength that they have that can really put them over the top against most teams. And while DeMarcus's offensive absolute explosiveness can make up for it a lot of nights you have to wonder over the course of like a playoff series for instance is the marcus's vulnerabilities on defense compared to what they already have is that gonna is that not gonna be able to can the scoring make up for that and i right. don't think it can right and i think a lot of what the celtics do on offense comes from their defense they, you know they get out on the breaks they're in transition a lot of their guys they feed off that avery bradley jay crowder al horford those guys it's defense first with a lot of those guys it's effort and that's what defense is they'll all tell you it's effort sometimes i wonder when demarcus cousins gets frustrated with stuff that's going on offensively that tends to carry over to him defensively oh, yes. big time huge and you don't see that often on the celtics and i think that's what that's that's a big that's a big red flag with me with demarcus cousins is how is he going to let you know, how is he going to let the, the offense carry over to the defense? And so far, I, I haven't been impressed with that aspect of his game. The one thing I will say about Al Horford now that he's playing more power forward, and he mentioned this tonight, is that he's, a, he's allowed to be more, over, more all over the court. So he's getting his hands on balls that normally he wouldn't be around when he was playing center and just banging down low with other bigs. So you're, you're kind of seeing a more versatile Al Horford than maybe you expected. Well, it's not going to matter because I think they're after what I saw tonight, they're going to trade the Nets pick for Matt Barnes because Matt hope Barnes so. almost had a triple double there. I mean, he was <laughs> unbelievable. Matt Barnes on his thirtieth team. Fun fact: on really? his thirtieth NBA team. Yeah, <laughs> he's the only player to ever play it for all thirty teams. Yeah, good for him, right? All right, well, that's going to do it for Jimmy. I'm Jared. Kyle's behind the camera, shrugging, wanting to get out of here. So that is it on the Garden Report, brought to you by Blue Apron. Remember, blueapron.com/slash/gardenreport. Three free meals, free shipping, and you get a free smile from me or something like that. That'll do it for us here. Good night. We will see you next week. Coach, uh, you know, talked a couple of different times about, you know, Al Horford only getting five shots the other day, how you need him to get more. Were you guys trying to establish him early and, and talk about his kind of overall game and impact tonight? 
No more so than the other day. You know, again, like I said in pregame, I mean, he got the ball multiple times in the post to start the other game, and they just doubled him. Tonight, you know, when you're playing with traditional bigs against him, it's, um, you know, he's going to have more perimeter options, less post options. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that he's done a really good job of is continue to improve and stretch his range so that he could, you know, be you know, good against either matchup. Coach, we've talked a bit about Al's offensive impact this season, but what about the job he's done protecting the rim? I mean, he's blocking shots. At yeah, I thought, I thought it, there were a couple huge plays that he made um, blocking shots. The one when he trailed from behind and blocked the shot um, in transition. And, uh, you know, the one thing about Al is he's always, he's always in a stance. His arms are always long. He's... You know, he takes up a lot of space, and then, um, you know, he reacts quickly to, to what's going on. I know he's a very unselfish player. Is he somebody you maybe have to tell to shoot sometimes? No, I just think he, no, because I think he'll make the right basketball play. I think you, you want guys that want to make the right basketball play. I don't think you ever encourage somebody not to. And the other day, he made the right basketball plays, too. He just, they were taking, they were doubling Seemed like it was a little bit of a grind for you guys in the middle of that game. What did, what happened at the beginning of the fourth quarter, and how big of an impact did Terry have, you feel like, in terms of just... Well, uh, their, their bench crushed us when they came in. Um, in the, uh, in the you know, we, had, we were playing really well out of the gate. Um, and then uh, when they went small and went with Matt Barnes, I thought his energy level at the four really hurt us. Um, and, you know, I didn't think we responded to attacking them well or defending them well with their energy in that group. Um, you know, Cousins is Cousins, he's gonna he's gonna score, he's gonna get twenty eight points or whatever he got, but you can't let those other guys have huge nights too and and uh, I thought we did a pretty good job for the most part, but that that kinda middle ten minutes of the second or the first half was what put us on our heels. Um, from that point on it was just kinda, you know, back and forth. Uh, and then our bench responded much better in the fourth quarter um, than they played, I thought, in the in the in the first and second. Coach, in preparing for Al Horford when he was with the Hawks, and particularly in that playoff series, and then when you guys went in to recruit him, what did you know about his defensive abilities? I mean, he, he was terrific in our series, terrific. And so, you know, we played him ten times last year. So I guess, I mean, I, I think I think I'm an idiot, but. After 10 times, I had at least an idea. Um, you know, he's all over the place, um, and uh, he covers a lot of ground. He calls out calls, and, uh, you know, I think he's a competitive guy because and that's proof in his winning track record. Coach, how did you, uh, overall, how did you assess the team's performance? Again, really good out of the gate. Uh, I thought we moved the ball pretty well. Um, you know, obviously we didn't, you know, I don't know what we shot from two, but I felt like we got swallowed up 25 of 60, is it? Felt like we got swallowed up on some of our drives. Um, they did a, and a lot of credit to them with their length and athleticism. And um, so uh, I thought that, you know, scoring became harder as the game went along. Um, but pretty consistent otherwise. You know, I, I thought this was going to be a tough game. This is a talented team. They've played, 
Um, you know, a lot of really good teams really well, beating a lot of really good teams already and playing playing well on this trip. Um, do you get a sense that uh, Jay Crowder is starting to really get back? You know, with Yanko, it probably took him a couple of games, but he seemed to, the last couple of games, especially tonight, and early <coughs> in that fourth quarter, Derek, when you kind of opened it up a little bit, uh, seemed to have a lot of spirit and a lot of lift. Yeah, I felt like when Jay was on the floor, we were better tonight, regardless of where he was at the three or the four. I mean, you feel like that a lot, but, um, you know, I thought he was just really solid tonight. Uh, Rudy Gay is a hard matchup for us. Um, there's not many guys on our team that can guard him for extended periods of time, and Jay is one. Um, and so, you know, it was really important that that he be very good tonight. Yeah, I think that, you know, there was, uh, I got a lot of early looks um, in the game, and, um, you know, like I said on Wednesday, I think the Pistons did a good job defending and, and really, you know, doubling and forcing me to pass the ball tonight. Um, I had more opportunities to, to be aggressive. Just going up against DeMarcus Cousins kind of playing to that aggression? Uh, yeah, you know, you know he's, he's a great player, and, uh, you know, I just had to make sure that uh, – <laughs> I got you. Um, I just got to make sure that, that, you know, that we stay solid on him, make him earn everything he got, and, you know, just an all-star player. What were you trying to do with him on that last block shot? What were you trying to do against him on that block shot? Uh, not let him get a three. I mean, that was that was the whole thing. You know, I know he tried to draw something there, but, uh, you know, I just stayed solid and, and not, not let him get a shot off. Al, you've been blocking shots at a higher rate in Boston. Right? What's been different for you here? I mean, I think that, you know, playing at the power forward position, it really frees me up defensively. Um, I feel like I can run around a little more and, 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 and have more impact. You know, when you're a center, a lot of the times you're, you're, you're kind of, you get caught up, you know, with the bigs and, and uh, it's, a, it's a little harder to, to get out to shooters and stuff. But I'm just trying to be active, um, you know, as active as I can. How much of the confidence boost is it for you guys to hit the road and coming off the kind of success you guys have had of late? away from this building? Um, you know, I think it'll be good. Um, you know, tomorrow, um, you know, it's, it's a Philly team that, that plays hard. And, uh, um, uh, you know, we just want to keep building on, on, on tonight and just trying to be better. Do you feel like you need to contribute like this offensively kind of consistently? Or are you going to kind of wait and see what comes with the offense as you um, Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, as long as, you know, I'm, I'm putting, I'm, I'm being put in those positions. You know, I'll continue to take what the defense gives me. That's the way that I've always played. And um, but I get what you're saying. You know, and, and, and one of the things is uh, for me to get comfortable with the offense, with what we're trying to do, and, and knowing when to pass the ball and when to shoot it. You always have your arms spread out whenever you're playing defense, especially defending pick and roll. How crucial is like staying as wide as you can? Yeah, uh, I owe that to Larry Shiat, um, you know, one of my assistant coaches at Florida, and uh, he was always, you know, emphasizing me having arms out, hands up, um, and it just, uh, you know, it makes it seem like you're, like you're defending or you're taking space. Uh, so it's just, it's just a great thing um, for deflections and stuff like that. And to be a good defensive player, you wanna, you know, you wanna show presence out there. Thing, like, with slow starts. What are you seeing and what are you feeling? 
it's almost like it's almost like we gotta get hit first for us to react. And that's that's kind of been slowing the whole year. It's not good for us. We have to come out. We're, we're in a situation where we have to come out and be the aggressive team every night. We're we're not that team that can just start playing and think we can just turn it on whenever. So um, we don't figure this thing out. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to have these type of games. And, um, it's another losing season. So, you know, like I've been saying all season, it's on us. If we want to change this, change this thing around, it's on us. And we got to hold ourselves accountable and take responsibility for you know, our effort coming out early in games. There's been situations in the past few seasons where you've gone through phases as a starting unit, had the same problems, but you were able to recover. Is there anything you can go back to, you know, what you guys were able to do to draw on that to, to use it this year? Um, uh, well, we, we, we have awareness of what the issue is. It's just about us going out and doing it. Like I said, we got to look ourselves in the mirror and hold ourselves accountable. Um, you know you're not giving it 100% in the beginning of games. And you're the issue. Myself, everybody else in the So, uh, so nice. Tonight, just uh, kind of a difficult night from the floor, getting open looks, getting some stuff, but was it a physicality? What were they doing that maybe was different? <laughs> You know how it goes. Mm-hmm. Even given with the slow start, you guys still down three to nine point seven to go. Kind of timeout. What were you looking to try to get in that situation? Um, and why did you kind of decide to go the way you did? Well, I knew how Al Horford was going to go. He's been he was, he's been hands on the entire game. Uh, I don't really understand how it was a no call, but you know that's what they went with. So I guess it turns out it was a bad decision on my part. So. Uh, that's that. Marcus, what do you think about this Celtics team after playing them? What about? What, what do you mean? I mean, just skill wise, just you impressed by. Very competitive team. Very competitive, scrappy competitive team. Did you think it had the makings of the Toronto game as, as your play improved throughout the course of the game that you could? Like you won in Toronto, that you could get this kind of. Game. What's your question? I say the, the game that you won in Toronto. Did this cut the same feel as that game? That, oh, you won in Toronto. I mean, I know we won, but yeah. I don't remember yeah, yeah. the feeling. Of, yeah. It was a couple games ago. Yeah. Thanks, folks. <laughs>
coach didn't say nothing about going to him just specifically. We just found him and made the right play. And when he got it, he was very aggressive. Um, I think the game before where he had five five shots or whatever, they were kind of doubling him on the catch. And he was just trying to make the right play. But other than the, other than that, tonight he just was aggressive. He hit his he knocked down his shots. He 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 did what we needed him to do, and he carried us tonight. And he's been blocking shots at a really high rate too. How much have you needed a rim protector like that on the defensive end? I mean, always. I mean, we've known um, when we recruited him, that's what he was good at. Even if he doesn't block shots, he, he alters shots and changes them. So he's a hell of a uh, player on both ends of the floor, and, and he played a hell of a game tonight. Isaiah, how much was it or the importance of winning at home tonight considering Wednesday's game and now you guys have that three-game road stretch coming up? Very important. we got to protect home court. we got to do a better job of bringing that energy out and, and keeping it the whole game. And, um, we know we got home court advantage with the fans, but we gotta, we got to defend that. You know, we did a good job of doing that tonight and got a little bit of momentum going into um, Philly tomorrow. How do you guys kind of build off that consistency or try to create consistency, I should say? Just play like we know how. Control what we can control. Um, Starting on the defensive end and then letting the game come to come to us, come to us on offense. So. You talked about hoping to be in a little more search in the fourth quarter. You guys were down two with like nine minutes yeah. left, and Brad called time. Did you, had you said something to him to go in, or, or even if not, what it would it mean to kind of finish it out and go on that ten run right away? Uh, we just we've had player coach talks, how he feels and how I feel, and then that's the relationship we have. We talk to each other at any point in time. And, he changed up today a little bit, and I'm just happy we got the win. Would you like to play the fourth quarter? Would I like to? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather play that than any other quarter. So. What happened with you and Matt Barnes? It looked like you had a little bad blood, then you squashed it. I mean, he thought I was one, and I thought he was doing some cheap stuff too. So, I mean, it is what it is. We um, we settled it, I guess, and um, we went on. Could you get uh, you know drive into lane? Obviously, you know, score you are, they can converge on you. How much? How nicer is it now to start having you know Jay back as the kind of that option? It seems like you look for him on that kickout. Yeah, because I'm usually the one that's right right in my vision and open. So we have that connection to where he knows when I drive, he's usually in the right spot. So uh, and I still got to continue to do a better job of getting in the paint, drawing two or three, and, and kicking out to my teammates, but. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it, and, and guys are still knocking down shots. So. Jay, was Al really got off to a fast start? Was that just him being more aggressive, or you guys being more certain to find him, or a combination of combination, the two? Combination of both. Uh, he wanted to come out and be aggressive. We wanted to give him the ball, get him some touches early. We know we didn't. He didn't touch the ball. A lot um, in the last game, so we just tried to um, make it worse, just try to give him some touches, and he was aggressive early, and it helped. How much easier does that make it for everyone when he, he's kind of leading the charge like that? I mean, yeah, he, he just fills the game. If, if it's that night, if it's that night, he, he's been aggressive. We have to play off of him. Um, but it's, we just tried to find the right shot, and tonight it was his, uh, it was a lot of him early. Um, he was getting a lot of open looks. We knew that Big was going to be back in the pick and rolls and stuff like that, so we just wanted to take advantage of that. Is this the type of game you need from him, or do you, are you comfortable with him kind of feeling the game? And yeah, he's a feel, he's a feel, feel the game type of player. He's always out, man. He's not been a just throw the ball down in there, let him go to work. He just feels the game, and he plays the game the right way. And so we as a unit um, try to play the, the proper way on the offensive end, and I just move the ball and 
uh, find the right shot. And earlier we were moving the ball very well, and a lot of guys was touching it. Um, and he was he was open for the shot. Does this game feel for you guys kind of like some of the wins you had last year? You just kind of had to scrap it out, fight it out, and find a way to get it done at the end. I mean, yeah, we're used to that. Um, but we got to feel like we got back to just trying to be the aggressive team. I know early we came out and imposed our will early, and that helped. We got to keep that up. But uh, if the game comes down to, to what it was going to be tonight, we got to be the team to come out on top. Uh, that's like a playoff type game. It's real physical. Um, and we just have to grit it out and grind it out. Yes, we're going to grind it out. You guys are hitting the road for the next few games. A lot of success going, going into that. How much does that help? The fact that you guys have been on the road and had some really recent success. Yeah, I mean, it, it helps. We got to carry that momentum with us. Um, uh, but you know how any time in this league, you get momentum, you got to stay with it. Um, We've been having success away from home, and it was big for us to get this win tonight and to start the road trip off. Uh, so we try to focus on uh, one game at a time while we're on the road. Did you start to feel a little bit more there in that fourth quarter? It looked like the last couple of games been a little frustrated at times with either a shot doesn't go down or a foul or whatever, but you knocked down a three-pointer there. It seemed like you emotionally were uh, kind of guiding the team. Yeah, it was a tough. It was just a tough, <clears throat> tough fault game for us, and um, emotions were, were high. Uh, but I felt like I got some shots to fall late. And um, that always helps. Um, last game, I felt like I got good looks and then uh, come out like I wanted to. But I just stayed aggressive and take the shots today. The uh, opposing team getting. Talk about that relationship with you and Isaiah. Like, Marty was mentioning that, you know, it's so important cool to drive. Have you ever had a relationship like you two guys had? It takes me back to my college days. Um, my point guard then. When you, when you play, with, play with the person so much and you start to build a chemistry with him, um, those stuff will fall in place, and that's what has taken place here. Uh, we just know each other again so well. Um, we talk to each other a lot off the court and on the court, and it just helps. You know, it just helps that he's my point guard and he tells me when he's driving. I'm always know. I want to know where you're at, so um, I just try to watch uh, as much film as possible just to see spots and stuff like that we can get better at. It's just uh, the chemistry just been building over the year. Years. Jay, what stands out most about Demarcus Cousins when you're out there playing against him? He's going to bring the game to you. I guess it's physicality. Um, he's a very physical type guy. And if he sees that you're not physical at all, he's going to let you know. Um, but he just he just approaches the game the right way. He's a, he's a dog down there, and he's a, he's a bull. Uh, I love to go against him. I love to go against a, a player like that because he's going to give you his best shot each and every night. And you got to either step up to the test or get ran over. There was that moment where I think you fouled him, and he came up, and he raised his arm, and then he... That's my guy, you know, dog, dog. Uh, he's my guy. He, he plays. He plays a lot of uh, tactics against a lot of other players, but I've earned that respect with him um, because he knows I'm going to fight him just as hard as anybody else. And um, it's just all we lived on the court. Um, that's, that's a good friend of mine, and we we've become friends just through, through inside the lines, just playing ball, playing basketball the right way, and playing hard. Because he looked at you and he was like, "Oh, that's Jay. Yeah, and yeah, he just he went just, to the free throw. Yeah, he just. I'm not the mother cat. He be punking, you know. <laughs> Does that go back to college, or is that just no, during I go the back just NBA, just yeah. inside the lines? Like I said, we just I gained his respect. He gained mine. Just inside the lines, playing the game the right way, playing the game hard. I mean, over the years, we just, you know, just uh, respect for each other's game and just uh, play each other very, very tough.